0: You're listening to Hear Arizona, addressing issues, empowering our community. I grew up in California, and I moved to Arizona for their WUI, their Western Undergraduate Exchange program, which pretty much gave uh, in-state tuition and a half to West Coast students and I fell into that category.
1: Chris Cuellar really didn't know what he wanted to do, just that college was the next logical step after high school. And the Western Undergraduate Exchange, also known as WUI, seemed like a good deal. And
0: I didn't really know what I wanted to do starting out. But then sophomore year, they put the psychology program into the WUI, and that was something that I really clicked with and went through. I kind of kicked butt for my last couple of years there, but didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do afterwards.
1: But grad school for psychology didn't seem appealing.
0: By the time that I was really focusing on finishing my program and my degree, it was too late. Like, I was, in the, I was in for six years before I graduated, so I didn't know. It was way too long for me to go into a master's program, and I was kind of finished with school for a while.
1: So he walked away with a four-year degree in psychology. And even with the wooey tuition discount... I still have mountains of student debt for my my bachelor up at NU. Millennials like Chris and younger generations are at a crisis point. As the millennials enter middle age, yes, the oldest are turning 40 this year. A CNBC poll showed that 52 percent said going to college was not worth the expense. The cost of education has gone up every year since millennials started going to college around the year 2000, the year the oldest millennials started attending college, according to College Board data. The graduating class of 1995 had, on average, about $11,500 in student debt. In 2005, about $19,700. In 2021, $30,600. Remember though, that's the average. 10 is the average of nine and 11, but it's also the average of two and 18. So it's very likely that many students have significantly higher debt, while some have less. In a lot of cases, it makes sense to go into debt for a high-paying career. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, finance, you can make enough money to justify the debt. Teachers, though?
2: We ask folks to go to college, get an education, get a teaching credential, and, and incur massive amounts of debt. And then we offer them a salary that doesn't allow them to repay the debt.
1: That's State Senator Leela Alston, a Phoenix Democrat, high school teacher, and member of the Phoenix Union High School District Governing Board. If you've listened to this series, you know well enough how poorly Arizona ranks in terms of teacher salaries and what that low pay means for the state's ability to recruit and retain teachers.
2: I've known a number of really fine teachers who have created their own families who have had to leave the profession, not because they wanted to, you know, they were 100% in, but once they created families of their own, then they had a responsibility to those families uh, to give them a standard of living that was at least moderately satisfying.
1: In one of our previous episodes, we introduced you to a local teacher named Chad. He asked that we not use his last name because he still coaches sports, his wife is still a teacher in the same district, and he said he might still consider going back to teach if his finances stabilize someday. He is one example of exactly what Senator Alston is saying. Like, okay, here's our house payment, here's our student loans, here's
0: our credit cards or whatever other random stuff that we had. And there were sometimes it was like we were sitting there at the end of the month and we're like, okay, we got, we got 300 bucks to last us. Two weeks. It was tough. And, and, and then obviously when my son came along, it was like, oh man, like we have, we have even less to spread around, you know. And so it, it was tough trying to figure out student loans and everything right out of college and, and into the teaching profession.
1: Let's work out an example. The minimum salary for a teacher with a four-year degree in the Phoenix Elementary School District is just a hair over $40,200. Using a net pay calculator provided by the payroll service company ADP, that teacher should expect to take home a little more than $1,200 each paycheck, or around $2,450 a month. It's important to know that this does not include health insurance, retirement, or any other deductions except for taxes. Pretend this teacher is unmarried and has no kids, so they can live in a studio apartment. According to rental statistics collected by the website Zumper, average rent for a studio in Phoenix in June of 2021 is $975, nearly double what it was in 2014. Now, calculating monthly student loan payments is complicated because everybody has different terms, different rates, and some people use income-based repayment. But for this example, we'll look at the national average. $297 a month. In Phoenix, you probably need a car, too. Again, this payment is different for everybody. But based on national averages, financial planning website NerdWallet says to budget about $950 a month for gas, fuel, insurance, maintenance and car loan payments. The low end cost to feed yourself each month, according to the USDA, $160. After all those expenses, the teacher is left with a surplus of $68. Without the student debt payment, $365. This is a loose example, based on averages, and it obviously does not apply to every teacher in Arizona. But the point is this, teachers don't make a lot, and student debt is another expense added on top of an already tight personal budget. The last big barrier to a quality K-12 system in Arizona is the cost of an education in education. But first, a brief word from our sponsor.
0: This episode of The Education Cliff is in part supported by Intel, innovating and investing in Arizona communities since 1979, and a supporter of here Arizona Education podcast series, telling stories that change lives and strengthen communities. Resource info can be found at HereArizona.org.
1: In order to keep their license, teachers need to complete professional development courses each year.
3: Teachers are now being issued a 12-year teaching certificate. And over the course of those 12 years, um, they're to earn 15 clock hours of professional development hours each year. That's a total of 180 over 12 um, years, 180 clock hours.
1: That's Dr. Jennifer Gresco, the faculty chair for educator prep programs at Rio Salado College. There are a lot of ways teachers can earn their annual hours.
3: So teachers can pick up professional development hours through their school districts, through credit training, through non-credit training, through different organizations, um, the State Department of Education, um, as well as our community college and four-year college systems. Um, And that professional development should be in um, areas that is related to teaching.
1: What are some kind of examples of professional development courses that, you know, an average elementary or middle school teacher might take?
3: So when we talk about teaching, we we talk about teaching strategies and and teachers have a toolbox of strategies that they can pull from um, to use within their classroom and working with students. They also have another toolbox that is made up of all sorts of different professional development uh, trainings. And so those trainings really can vary on the grade level, on the district, on the individual school. It can range from topics such as uh, mindfulness, from classroom management strategies, through working with um, second language learners, Um, just really can be just about anything that's related to classroom and classroom instruction and working with children.
1: In most cases, teachers earn their professional development or PD hours for free. Remember those random half days when you were a kid? Usually those were so the schools could hold professional development sessions for the teachers.
0: After five years of being at the junior high, I was starting to get worn out, and the
1: major thing was, uh, was money. Chad is one of the many Arizona teachers who left the profession. He says he might consider returning someday, though. If he or any teacher that leaves the profession, say to raise the family or for military service, ever wants to return, they'll need to maintain their licenses. And in order to do that, they need to stay current on their PD hours. If they're not employed by a school district those costs can add up
3: there is still training through the department of ed some that is free training some that does have low cost to it and teachers can also go through four-year institutions or community colleges to also pick up credit hours or even non-credit that they could use for um, renewing their teaching certificate
1: that's where gresco's office at rio salado college comes in
3: so community colleges provide a great resource because at the in-county tuition rate, teachers are able to um, take professional development hours through community colleges at relatively low cost.
1: And even teachers who are employed by districts can benefit. If the district isn't offering PD courses the teacher is interested in, or if they want to get a special certification, Gresco's office can help.
3: Those that are associated with schools and districts providing the free professional development, they still may choose depending on their timelines for certification renewal um, or just areas of interest or picking up a endorsement on their teaching certificate in a specialized area. They may choose to still go through a community college to obtain affordable uh, professional development.
1: Let's do another math problem. In order to become a teacher, education students are required to spend at least one semester as a full-time student teacher. That means for one semester, they're working full-time in a classroom, effectively as a teacher. Student teaching is done for credit hours, so that means education students pay for it. At ASU, student teachers are required to take 12 credit hours of student teaching during their final semester. At ASU, resident tuition for 12 credit hours is just over $5,300. In most cases, they're unpaid. Using our old example, a salary of $40,200 divided by two, $20,100. For the semester they're teaching for free, that's a cool 20 grand they're missing out on, plus the tuition money they're spending for the privilege. And they still have to make rent. That reality is starting to change, though. State Representative Michelle Udall is proud of the Arizona Teachers Academy.
2: It's not an actual place, it's just payments for future teachers' education. So, if you're in the teacher prep program, you can get your usually it's your junior and senior year paid for, and then you make a commitment to teach in the state for that many years afterwards. Um, And so, it's been vast, it's been amazingly successful.
1: And the state legislature recently passed some legislation that expands what community colleges can offer.
2: Representative Becky Nutt has been working for years on this uh, way to allow community colleges to give four-year degrees. And a lot of the arguments have been that they're going to duplicate degrees that already exist, they're going to be low quality, they're going to cost a lot more. Um, And so she's spent a lot of time working through those details with the Board of Regents, with the universities, with... The community colleges to try and find a program that says, okay, you're not going to do something that's duplicative.
1: Essentially, community colleges can now award four-year degrees in some in-demand career specialties.
2: You're not going to do something that there's not a demand for. You need to make sure you have a good business plan, that there's the demand, that there's the workforce, Uh, but then if you can do those programs at a reasonable cost, which I believe they set on no more than 150 percent of regular community college tuition. Uh, then you can do that.
1: This has a hidden benefit for teacher diversity, too. Schools can recruit teachers from within the community, and they can get their degrees locally.
2: Um, But that will really help to grow teachers where they're at, so that if you want to become a teacher, you can stay in your hometown and learn at your community college rather than having to move to become a teacher and then move back.
1: Even without the four-year degree option, community colleges statewide do offer affordable routes to the classroom even paying a salary for student teachers. Julie Farron with the Maricopa County Community College District says they make use of federal grants to help students pay for student teaching.
2: So there are different federal work city dollars that we can tap into to pay for this. And it makes it desirable, it's a win-win. It makes it desirable for those school districts to hire, to have someone at their school that's paying possibly part of their salary. It also is beneficial for the student, obviously, because their student teaching um, is being paid.
1: In order for the state to recruit and retain a quality, qualified, diverse core of educators, perhaps the biggest issue to address is the cost of an education in education. Community colleges, the Arizona Teachers Academy, and other community-based organizations are making that happen. Arizona is on the precipice of an education cliff. It's had long-standing problems with recruiting teachers and keeping them on the job. Thankfully, community organizations and local educational institutions are working to keep the state's education system from falling over. There's still a long way to go, but the state's next generation of educators is rising up through the system. With the slew of services and programs available to keep them employed and happy in the classroom, we'll see how things turn out. Chris Cuellar is all set to start student teaching soon. Within a year, he'll have his own classroom. Not only will he have a stable job, but he'll have a career that, although it took some time to find, he's excited to do. So what kind of teachers are Mr. Quay are going to be?
0: <laughs> Patient really honestly uh, and empathetic. I feel like those are two of the hugest things that teachers need. You need to have a passion for it not just the teaching but for the kids knowing that you're helping to mold future generations and future leaders and hopefully future teachers too you know it's kids need that.
1: You just listened to an entire podcast episode on the state of education in Arizona, so obviously this issue means something to you. To learn more about the issues in Arizona's education system and the organizations we profiled, visit our website, heararizona.org. That's H-E-A-R Arizona. Tell all your friends to check us out, too. They can search for Hear Arizona on their favorite podcast listening app, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, NPR One, Spotify. And since we're all about empowering our community, we want you to be part of the conversation. Follow Here Arizona on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This podcast series is made possible by a grant from the F Squared Family Foundation and support from Intel and Rio Salado College. Here Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes Sun Sounds, Spot 127, KBOC, and KJZZ. This episode was produced, written, directed, and hosted by me, Scott Bork. Linda Pastore is our executive producer. Thanks for listening.